You're listening to Brain Buster Radio. All right, everyone, welcome to this second episode of Queenie Chats with your girl, the Queen of N.E., And today I have something very special for you. I'm bringing in one of my new friends who I've gotten to know over the past few months, my pal bro Rogan, who is a commentator on the commentary team for Paradigm Pro Wrestling. And I knew I wanted to ask him to come on to bring you guys, my dear listeners, a different perspective from the business of wrestling. So I asked him very kindly to be a part of Queenie Chats, and of course he agreed because I have him here with me right now. Mr. Bro Rogan, how are you today? Well, hello, Queenie. I am doing well. How are you? I'm great. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm so interested in learning more about you, learning more about Paradigm Pro Wrestling, and I can't wait to bring this to Queen's Courtiers. Well, I am excited to be here. It's always fun chatting with you, uh, <laughs> and I am ready and waiting. Fire away. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, firstly, I wanted to tell the Queen's Courtiers listeners that how I started to become in contact with you is because myself and Pops on DYWTSB got this Power Slam TV uh little promotion to enter code to DYWTSB for a free month. And we started looking for things to review and y'all got in touch and here we are right now, but we've had you on DYWTSB, which was a blast. Um, (laughs) But Pops and I before that had uh, reviewed one of your shows for Paradigm Pro Wrestling, which was uh, the Heavy Hitters Tournament, which we fell in love with and sent that out to you guys. And we want to do more. We plan to do more. Um, there's a lot of things on Power Slam, thank goodness, so we can. Uh, but it's been so cool getting to know you guys, getting to know your promotion. Um, but today is a little more focused on you. I've been so lucky to have you for two episodes. I've had you on the Hall of Fame episode, part two. So listeners, you have to check that out as well. And now I have you for Queenie Chats. So focusing on on you, I want to start at the beginning. You know, how did you start becoming a wrestling fan? Ah, wrestling fan. Good question. Um, I am an old school wrestling kid from the 80s. So my earliest memories of wrestling are literally Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. Wow. Uh, I have pictures of me three years old with a little Hulk Hogan shirt on, doing hitting the poses, brother. You know, vitamins, the whole nine. Uh, <laughs> so, I, you know, I, that's the era I come from. Uh, so we, when I started watching wrestling on a weekly basis, you know, my top guys, you know, Sting, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, uh, the Legion of Doom, you know, they were over the top. I just, I, I fell in love with the spectacle, the Ultimate Warrior, you know. <laughs> yeah. So that that's that's where I come from, and uh, uh, and of course, being from Louisville, Kentucky, and uh, we were a wrestling hotbed for the longest time. We still kind of are, mm-hmm. uh, more of an independent way now, uh, but we were the home ground for USWA. So 
everybody from Memphis was coming this way. Your Jerry Lawlers, your Bill Dundees. Uh, heck, we even had Andy Kaufman here, you know, during that era. <laughs> so wow. uh, all, all, all that lead, led to, you know, OVW in the early 2000s being the hotbed for you know, the, the breeding ground for John Cena, Randy Orton, Batista. Uh, fast forward a few more years, you know, you know, CM Punk comes out of OVW after making his way from IWA to ROH to OVW to WWE. Uh, Kofi Kingston, uh, pretty much all the heavy hitters, all the big names that are around today have made their way through Louisville at one point or another, lived here at some point. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> so I live among this culture uh, that permeates so much and this whole, you know, Tennessee and uh, Kentucky, Indiana area. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it was hard not to fall into the, the, the wrestling circle. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's kind of surrounding you. Um, so you mentioned a couple people that you really just kind of latched onto right away. Even a tag team leader. Oh my God. Um, mm-hmm. So one of my favorites too, but <clears throat> who are the people in the wrestling business that you latched on right away and couldn't stand right away? Couldn't stand. Oh, well, you know, obviously Hulk Hogan and Sting, there were the two icons that in uh, between painting my face up and, you know, buzzing my hair off to look like Sting or praying that I was going to grow facial hair so I could grow a Fu Manchu like Hogan. (laughs) I ended up being able to grow facial hair, but I lost the hair on top of my head. So I did pull the Hogan off. There you go. (laughs) You did it. (laughs) Well, you know, there's that. And of course, who... Hulk Hogan was all the rage. You know, I, I can't, I'm not going to sit here and put him over. Yeah. Everybody knows his impact and what he did to the little Hulksters. And of course, Sting's probably the same way. He's just the NWA WCW version of Hogan, you know, that ultimate baby face, uh, take down pretty much any enemy, which leads me to the people that I couldn't stand right away. Uh, it took me years. I'm not kidding. Years to get over my uh, biases for Ric Flair. Like wow. I absolutely despised the ground he walked on because he was so good at his job. <laughs> well, there it is. <laughs> so, you know, uh, Ric Flair, uh, Rick Rude, uh, Vader, Vader just scared the shit out of me. I, you know, just <laughs> once, you know, it comes out with that giant mask or the giant, you know, horned uh, steam spewing gimmick. I'm like, I, I, okay, you got me. And then he comes in there and beats the living hell out of literally everyone. Uh, so yeah, that, that <laughs> Mick Foley actually, uh, the Cactus Jack gimmick. I, I was at—he was the first person that was a bad guy. But I was like, I like him though. Like I really want to see what he's going to do next. <laughs> Jumping off the apron with that elbow onto the cement, like yeah, okay. Oh God. Uh, even Stone Cold before he was Stone Cold was was one of my favorite guys. One of this one of those guys were like, I know you're a bad guy. I get it. Like, but I want you to win. Like, <laughs> you're so entertaining to me. The Hollywood Blondes, him and Pillman. That's right. That was like the peak of that for me. Anyway, yeah. I'm divergent here. <laughs> That's right. You can diverge. It's fine. That's the whole point. We're getting to know your fandom a little bit. But as things have progressed and you find yourself where you are right now, which we're going to get into in a second, as a wrestling fan, seeing all the shows, living where you lived, did you ever see yourself working in this business? Or was this like totally not in your cards at all? 
it, it was always a goal. It, it's one of those things where people are writing in your yearbook, you know, I can't wait to see you in WWE or well, WWF because that's how old I am. Uh, <laughs> so, it, you know, people knew where I stood and what I was wanted to do with my life. Uh, you know, I tried to go down that route. It was there's just so many roadblocks. And that's why you have to give so much credit to these guys who do make it no matter where they are, because they've had to go through so much just so you see them where they are now. Uh, so these young, young guys coming up, Oh, he sucks. He's green. He's whatever. Well, he's a lot farther than you are. You know, and that's just envy on your part. That's true. Uh, jealousy. And so uh, as much as I tried, I, I went the route of being a writer because I, as much as I was trying to be an athlete and be an actual wrestler, I'm just too injury prone. I've done mm-hmm. you know, playing football and doing uh, even <laughs> f- football tore me up the most, you know, weightlifting, tearing muscles, destroying my knee, et cetera. Right. Um, to the point where yeah, I, I went the acting route, you know, I can do the physical stunt double stuff. And I was not shabby, uh, but went to the, the acting route and doing pratfalls, even hurting myself. Uh, like I tried to do a forward roll and dislocated my shoulder. I was like, I guess this is not for me. So the antithesis of that, or while congruently, I guess I was working on my writing skills, uh, having, you know, written plays and, you know, poems and trying to get noticed that way. I was writing for the school newspaper in college, uh, you know, received praise for that awards for that. Uh, Just trying to segue that. Because at the time, WWE was looking for soap opera writers. Mm. Uh, you know, they, you know they're, they, I was looking at their posts like, oh, we need somebody with, you know, five, ten years of experience writing for a soap opera type syn- syndicated show. I'm like, well, how do I do that? <laughs> right. Yeah. How do I get More to do years. that? <laughs> right. Right. So, so the dedication would have been on the onus would have been on me. To move to New York, to move to L.A., to, you know, wade through that storm and try to find an avenue to get to WWE. And it just proved daunting to the point where, like, uh, real life took hold and I let it take hold. Yeah, <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that, you know. No, not at all. Uh, so there's dalliances in between. Uh, like we had talked about when I was on uh, the podcast with you, Morton Pops, I was uh, referring back to my Combat Underground uh, <laughs> set of DVDs yeah. where I was the host and did a few other things. Uh, it was the MMA gimmicked uh, w, you know, wrestling uh, fight club, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like I said, we put out 10 DVDs. I uh, got you know, a decent amount of response, but it was just something to do as a hobby for fun on the weekends a few times. Uh, and that just kind of petered out. Yeah. <laughs> do. Uh, and so, no, it, at that point, I was, there was no way in into this business uh, for me. Uh, and I accepted that as a fact, you know, like, all right, well, I will just be a, an Uber fan. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, just, you know, just be another fandom I'm involved in. Um, so when the opportunity came knocking, it was just it was sublime, you know, this surreal experience, like, wait, this is going to happen. This is happening, you know, and a few months after the fact, you're sitting at uh, IHOP with, you know, Madman Pondo or whoever, 
<laughs> you know, these yeah. Mike Elgin sitting, you know, two seats away from you or whatever, and you're just enjoying a meal, like, because we're just done with the show. We just work the show together, essentially. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have sit down and break bread. So truly surreal. <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine. So writing, trying to do that, and then nothing really was happening. You had accepted and moved on a little bit, I would assume. And then this opportunity came knocking. How did you become really involved with PPW? And how did you get onto commentary, right? Like, how did that all manifest itself for you? So, uh, it's a funny story. It, it's uh, one of those situations you could probably write a, a movie about, or at least a decent TV show about. <laughs> I uh, love that. So, one of the owners of PPW, I've known for almost my entire life. He, we were became friends in first grade. Um, he lived a few, uh, like maybe a city block away from me. So we were oh, a long wow. distance of each other for, for the longest time. Um, he was actually part of the combat underground set of DVDs. Uh, he was doing production for those essentially basically what he does now. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. So we, we were both basically doing what we did, you know, 10, whatever years ago, just on a grander scale. Uh, he we we lost touch there for a while uh he got in touch with other people in that time who uh were also big wrestling fans who who had some finances to throw toward building a company um so not to tell his whole story but he he coalesced the this group they created their own company uh a year in or so, or about a year into their that company, there was a change within ownership. Um, I find about, out about this on a random trip to one of the SmackDown Lives that came to Louisville. He happened to get tickets with uh, another mutual friend, and it was just a way for us to reconnect. Um, and in doing so, he was like, "Oh yeah, you didn't know I'm I'm running a wrestling company." <laughs> like, I know. I figured no, that would yeah. be. Uh, firmly in my radar, but no, not at all. Uh, he's like, yeah, well, we're kind of looking for somebody. We just, you know, went through a change and we, we need some people to work commentary and I'm kind of in control of that because it's part of production. Um, you know, would you be interested? And I'm like, of course, like, uh, hello, you know, dream job. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> so, cause you know, he's the same guy that we would watch you know, all the pay-per-views together every Sunday, you know, it'd be at his place uh, and we'd sit around and talk about it, and, you know, goof on it. You know, it basically, what I do now, just more of a storyline focused on what I'm trying to say, trying to put yeah, over. Yeah. Uh, so, and that's that's what really boils down to is like he needed somebody. He, I came back into his life at the right time. I brought in a mutual friend of ours who we had a, a certain dynamic. Uh, uh, John uh, Johnny Marvel from <laughs> if anybody's seen those shows. Uh, who's, he's no longer on the team, but uh, that's okay. He, he's doing what he wants to do. Um, but uh, that's essentially what it boils down to, the right place at the right time, which a lot of people, that's how their stories go in the wrestling business, especially in independent wrestling. You know, Some people are just at the right place at the right time, and some people, you know, in more power to them, have to grind a little bit harder to, sure. to door open. <laughs> you know, they have to work security. They have to work concessions and work their way up, you know. Uh, luckily, I didn't. I, I got a, a kind of a free pass, if you will. 
Sure. <laughs> just took a little bit longer my 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 lifetime to get here. <laughs> yeah, but now you're here, which is like so cool. And what an awesome story that is. Childhood friend, you reconnect at SmackDown, and hey, guess what I'm up to? You're like, what? <laughs> That's right. wild. Yeah, not, not so, that. Do you want to jump in? Like, <laughs> yeah. Do you, and and exactly. So hey, <laughs> do you want to like join us? <laughs> and you're like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to join you, you know? Well, there's, there's I, a red carpet, don't mind. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It, it, it's inspirational kind of a movie. Uh, people would enjoy that, I would think. I think so, too. It tells, <laughs> it's, it's ultimate right place, right time, meant to be, serendipitous, whatever word you want to use. Right. For sure. Now, what in what year was that event? That actually, uh, that first event was May of 2018. So wow. it's not been long. But I put in... Quite a few shows in between that. It was supposed to be, you know, one one show a month, and it turned into two, sometimes three. Wow. <laughs> so, so in a short time, I put in a lot of lot of shows, a lot of DVDs out there with my work on there. That has to be so surreal for you. Oh yeah, yeah. Like just just, just be able to walk over to my my collection DVDs, like, oh well, this is my section right here. <laughs> yeah, oh, this is where you can find my voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. So. Beyond the fact that your friend is the one that owns this uh, promotion, what is it about PPW that, you know, drew you in, made you want to stay, right, and and do this for real and say, yeah, I'll do these three shows a month. I, that's cool. Like, I'm, I'm on board. So mm-hmm. what is it about PPW specifically that, you know, you really became attached to other than, you know, hey, this is my friend. He asked me to be in. Dream job. Here I am. But mm-hmm. what is it about PPW? Well, that's a good good question because this is the the, the same friend. Uh, we used to go to Southern Indiana for wrestling shows in the early 2000s. You know, we were watching guys like uh, CM Punk, Cole Cabana, uh, Chris Hero, AJ Styles before they were real names. Sure. Uh, and there was a certain sense of magic to that, like being there, being so close to the action, having to be such good quality um, that. I just kind of fell in love with the indie scene. You know, it was that stark difference between what you see on TV mm-hmm. um, because they really care because they're, they're right up in front of you. They have to show out. They can't be, you know, too fake about what they're doing, so to speak, uh, to not to invoke the F word, but uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, yeah, but it was just this whole scene and that war thin, the, the company that we were going to, you know, and it happens all across the company and other any promotions when they're starting to struggle. You know, the owner gets in the ring and he's just going to badmouth the crowd and like, I need you to show up. I need you to bring people and over and over again. And slowly but surely the, the show starts to decline in talent. You know, he's, he's saying, well, come see this old WWF star, this old ECW star. And then they no show because you find out, you know, later that, they didn't get paid the last time they were there and you know, all the, all the shenanigans that happened backstage. So it wore real thin to the point where it's like, all right, I'm done. I, I can't even watch OVW at this point, you know, cause the, you know, once WWF pulled out or WWE pulled out of OVW, the, the quality dri- dipped drastically. And sure. up until recently, you know, it's when they're really starting to build up steam again. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so when I first got the PPW, I was kind of expecting, well, this is, you know, this is something I want to do. I mean, I, I doubt this is going to be anything too spectacular. Uh, you know, especially if it's the last memory 
that I had of independent wrestling. If it's anything like that, then, you know, this is just be a pastime. I really not going to care. Just some, right. you know, check it off the bucket list kind of thing. But I was astounded. The, the, the talent, the passion that I saw out of some of these guys, uh, Corey Storm specifically, you know, at the time he was 17. Okay. He'd already been wrestling for a year or two. Uh, and just blew me away. He he was this, and he still is. He and I, I tout it all the time. He's like a, a young Will Osprey, that kind of caliber yep. talent, uh, flying around the ring. Uh, guys like Myron Reed. Uh, he actually is from where I I live, where I grew up. Uh, so it's awesome seeing a young talent from the the neighborhood. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Uh, not that we were close or ran in the same circles or anything or their mutual circles, perhaps. Uh, <clears throat> but, you know, seeing guys like that and then seeing some of the older guys that were there that I knew from way back when, uh, Isaiah being one of them, uh, Flash Flanagan, uh, Cashflow. Uh, I know those names might not ring a bell with most people, but uh, in southern Indiana, they, those are big names. So. Oh. So being seeing those familiar faces, seeing this new crop of talent, and the fact that they really cared, like I saw the passion, and it only made me want to contribute. Sure. Uh, so, so that's what made me stay. Wow. <laughs> so, I guess for you on commentary, what do you think is like why why you're seeing these people's passion, and you're like, okay, like okay, let's do it. Like I want to do the same thing. I'm gonna give you back what I'm seeing. What for you is is the best part about being on commentary and what you get to experience is so different from the in-ring talent. And I guess sort of the the best parts and the hardest parts, most difficult parts of your job. I will start by saying the the hardest parts of the job are trying to produce uh, a show pretty much on your own because it's not WWE. It's not 40 people in the back writing scripts, uh, determining storylines. It's a group of five owners, you know, whatever it is, who want certain things, who give you, I mean, and literally, if you see my production notes, you'd be astounded by what we put together from from the the bare bones that we were given. And that's not a knock on our production because they have so much to do and they're – they're literally trying to take influences from all these different sources, like literally five other five owners trying to put their two cents and trying to make a cohesive storyline. Uh, so, <laughs> but on the converse of that, you go, I go up to one of the owners and one and uh, ask him, Hey, well, what do you, how do you want me to call this match? What do you want me to put over? And those beginning shows before they knew who I was and what I could do, they were like, ah, just whatever you want to do, just wing it. You know, yeah, like, oh my God. Something. Here, yeah, know? give me something to work with. <laughs> so, so, if you go back and listen to my early work, that's why it is so different from what I do now because I'm trying to make something out of nothing. Uh, so, my partner at the time, Johnny Marvel, he like, okay, you're going to be the straight guy. You're going to be, you know, Mr. Goody Two Shoes. Uh, and I'm going to just peel out. I'm going to be the Bobby Heenan. I want to say outlandish stuff. I'm going to make fun of people, right. whether it's fair, whether it's not. <laughs> you know, if it's, I went to a certain extreme to where I listened back and like, God, I'm 
horrible. This is you know, oh no. <laughs> other than to yourself, which is hard enough as it is. I'm like I'm like talking shit about these guys, and like some of these guys need these matches, you know, to put in their highlight reel. And I'm sitting there calling them bums and whatnot. You yeah. know, one guy in particular, Clayton Gaines. You know, he's a he's a body guy of the wrestling world. You know, he's he's built and he, he he's quick to show it off. And his entire match, his the first time I saw him, I was calling a meathead like every five seconds, you know, meathead with a clothesline, meathead with a spear, you know, whatever. Oh, God. Just, just laying into him and God bless him. You know, I apologize for that. But then again, it, I just, I was trying to establish some kind of cohesive storyline and still be able to play against the, the three main commentary booth is what we started with. So right. that's even harder. So we have limited direction and three guys time trying to talk about the same thing at the same time. And not be able to hear each other. <laughs> oh God! Because uh, we, you know, we don't have you know headphones, and we we don't have to worry about the noise. We're literally me and my commentary partner now are like shoulder to shoulder, trying to you know hear each other and still put over the match and put over the storylines. Uh, so that's easily the hardest part is just giving. All right, here's your bare bones. Work with it. But right. being a writer, that's kind of what I do or what I did. You know, here's the structure. All right, now let me build around it. Sure. So that's most definitely the hardest part. So. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah. Wow. Definitely the hardest part for sure. I can. I can. Uh, I don't understand, but I will sympathize <laughs> or empathize, whichever one is appropriate. <laughs> I <I'll> think either. <laughs> but no, it, it's it's fun. It's still it's a challenge, and that's what you what probably is the best part about it is. Cause I'm, I need to be challenged. I'm the kind of person personality that can't just languish and, you know, okay. I need to be pushed. I need, I need a goal to strive for. Uh, and it, it's, it's fun to me to be able to escape from my reality, you know, sure. to really, you know, put on a mask. Like I'm the bad guy. I'm, I can get over, I can talk mean and nasty and, you know, run this guy down in in the right way. <laughs> well, sure, yeah. Uh, and and release all this tension from you know however many weeks of work it was in between shows, you know, or the 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 work the shoot job versus the work job. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so that that's that's literally the best because I'm really taking on a persona that existed in Combat Underground, you know, those many years ago. Uh, and really that was born out of that, that kid who was backyard wrestling, you know, after football practice, you know, on the weekends or, you know, Oh wait, look, we found this random stop sign. Let's hit each other with it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I had a, I actually had a friend who, uh, he, we had a, God, can we admit all this? Uh, oh, he used to drive around, uh, Danny, my friend, Danny, uh, hit the back of his, car his trunk was just full of weapons of destruction um, and i mean that 100 percent. he had you know stop sign baseball bat uh, bowling ball trash can you know everything that you've seen like ecw wcw those hardcore matches whatever we we had it you know we, we weren't breaking glass over each other we were that stupid but i've taken more trash can shots to the head than i care to admit you know <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I'll oh, hey, to that car and he's you know, 
slammed each other between doors. You know, just the the craziness that you you hear people do. And like, no, I admit to it. I did it. I was uh, I was I wasn't setting myself on fire and jumping off you know anybody's house or anything. I'm not superhuman or whatever right. that guy's name is. This is not for all jugglers and jugglets. Um, <laughs> so anyway, some few people will get that reference. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure a few of them will. <laughs> um, well, I find that interesting, right? Because it's it shows your level of love for the wrestling business that you were, you know, especially as a younger kid, doing those types of things to emulate mm. the people that you see, uh, <clears throat> which is dangerous. But oh. don't don't try it at home, kids. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, there are ways that you can do backyard wrestling safely. Um, mm. There are places you can go, and as you work your way up, if you that's what you want to do. But there are other parts in this business, which is why I find it so fascinating having this conversation with you. Um, and you talked a little bit how you've developed your sound from the early times when you first started till now. Um, but I, I'd like to know specifically, what do you think your purpose is or your job is as a commentator? My job is to get the storyline across to the fans. Um, now, that I have to work with they what they give me in the ring, you know, because a lot of times things happen. The, the wrestling business is weird that way. You you have a set of plans going into a match, and something happens. You, uh, the ref counts three when he wasn't supposed to, you know. Right. Uh, anything can happen. They the, the guys in the back change plans right before they walk out the curtain, <laughs> you know, and you have to be able to adjust on the fly. And still be able to carry that storyline that was proposed in production, you know, before the show started. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that's really my job. Now, uh, granted, I wanted to make it entertaining. You know, my, I don't want to be the only, per, you know, just reciting what they're doing in the ring. Oh, well, that was this move, and that's this move, and that was that move, and match is over. Yep. Uh, my job, what what me specifically, what I my point is, I want to make people laugh. Like if I don't say some, some, something outlandish at some point in the night or a few times during the night that I <laughs> I want to get shut down by my commentary partner. I want to say something so crazy or so out of the way that they have to shut me down, like <laughs> engage yeah. them. Like, you know, just like Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon back in the day. Sure. Like, that's 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 the extreme I'm going to. I'm not trying to really piss anybody off. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> But yeah, so so entertaining, and then getting the story across, and really laying out the characters who they are. He's the bad guy. This is what his struggle is. This is the good guy. This is what his struggle is. Uh, and hopefully, I'm able to do that. <laughs> well, you know, and it's so funny that you say hopefully you're able to do that because <laughs> when Pops and I first did our review for Paradigm Pro Wrestling, and we watched the Heavy Hitters tournament, I have notes in my book right here sitting right next to me about five times i love this commentary team who are they i need to know five (laughs) times in my notebook and pops and i talked about it on the review and we talked about it outside of being recorded i was like they're hysterical i'm cracking up the entire time it's (laughs) like i'm in the room with you watching the show and that's what i feel is so special about what you and your uh commentating partner do and it's so uh, fresh and new and refreshing to hear. You know, a lot of independent wrestling promotions that I've listened to their commentary, I'm not crazy about it. 
And some of them I really, really like. You are one of them. It's it's natural to me. It sounds natural. It, uh, your chemistry between one another and what you're trying to do is very natural. And I laughed the entire time. And okay. that's what I want to do when I come to a wrestling show. I mean, excuse me, when I don't come to a wrestling show and I watch one, that's mm. what I want to experience. I want to enjoy it like I'm there. Right. And that's and thank you for that because that's that's really what it's all about. It's I want it to feel like it felt for me and my buddies, you know, my contact partner and the owner, uh, how we were sitting in his, you know, his room uh, 10, 15, 20 years ago just riffing on what we're watching. Right. So, so I'm glad that translated. It, it <laughs> definitely did translate, yeah. Um, you know, I find it interesting. Uh, the parallel that I at least can draw between podcasting and, and what you do is, you know, I listen to my old shows and I'm like, ugh, what did I do? Why did I say that? Or, yeah, why didn't I say that more? I should have talked about this more. Right. <laughs> do you find yourself, like, going back, listening to shows that you've done and being like, what was I thinking? Or, yes, that was great. Let's bottle that and use it again. As much as that is a good tactic to do, a very um, smart thing to do, go back and listen to your work and see where you can build on it, I got to the point that where I just could not listen to myself anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I understand. And I, I really, really rely on that self-editing from, all right, what was I saying? You know, on the a car ride after the show to White Castle <laughs> or whatever may be open. Like, all right, what was I talking about during that match? Let me let me really think about that. Should I have said that? Should I have gone farther? Uh, so I really, in that regard, rely on uh, the owners, the people who are watching the show before, you know, it gets posted online to you know, High Spots or Power Slam TV or right. Indie Wrestling. Uh, really count on them to give me kind of guidance uh, to hey, don't say that anymore. Or, or if they don't, if they don't give me anything, I'll start making my own stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, I remember one show I was referring to uh, one of the owners who I have a, a, a contentious relationship on screen, uh, Doug Votal. He's our figurehead for the, the company. Uh, and I, I, for months, the running joke was, I hate his, uh, his mom's uh, macaroni salad. So just, you know, just creating something out of nothing. And I would yeah. just bring it up every time because he likes to walk by the announce booth and flick me off during the show. You know, just try to throw me. Yeah, so sure. I started throwing it right back on on the commentary. Well, this is making the DVD. You know? I love it. So uh, we we have fun. Let's put it that way. Um, Anyway, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> no, that's all right. No problem. I think th I, I think you said it great there. You know, you're making some of that enough and you're trying to entertain and, and you have, it seems like you are all, uh, you know, interacting with one another from owners to commentary to talent. Uh, so th that I think is really special and unique to uh, see in independent wrestling. And some, I've heard similar stories from other uh, independent companies that have that sort of same vibe. And that's really, really nice to hear. The next thing I was kind of wondering, so from your position and in, from your point of view, what makes a good wrestler? Uh, a good wrestler um, is going to be the guy who really does his homework. It's mm -hmm. not, it's one thing to be able to go in there and take the abuse, which you have to be able to do that and you have to be able to do it the right way. Uh, so anybody listening out there, get trained. Don't just 
backyard wrestle it up. I don't mean to put that over as everybody's outlet because there's there's only so many ricochets that start off of backyard wrestling and then go to Japan and go to WWE. Correct. Uh, I'm not one of those guys, so <laughs> don't take my word for it, backyard. So go get trained, uh, get yourself real ring gear, invest in who you are. Don't come out there with Walmart baggy shorts and a, a tank top talking about I'm going to be the next champion of the world. Uh, the best wrestlers really care and can talk to you about any kind of wrestling, uh, not just one type that, uh, you know, I, well, I only watch British style because that's the, what I want to be. And, uh, or I only do hardcore stuff because you really don't know how to, you don't really have to work. You just have to beat each other with random objects. You know, those, right. you have to be well-rounded. Uh, I, I put over Cole Radrick, a guy that works for us a lot because he is the guy who will work anybody. He can literally work, uh, you know, uh, hardcore. He just started doing death matches. I saw, um, he can work technical. He can work high flying. He's about to go up against our, uh, our champion, AJ gray, who out, who outweighs him about at least a hundred pounds. Mm -hmm. uh, but I guarantee you, he's going to put on a hell of a show because he knows the craft. He he's not a one trick pony. He's not five moves of doom, uh, you know, John Cena style. Sure. Um, he literally, you know, and it go, he reminds me a lot of Chris Hero. I knew Chris a little bit back in the day before he got popular. Mm -hmm. uh, back in the AOL days, AOL Instant Messenger days. Yes. Just talking about, I used to chat him up every now and again about what tapes he was collecting. This, you know, we were the tape traders. If you, if you don't fall in line with that kind of mentality, you know, on your off time, you're watching tape, trying to improve, trying to see, well, I can use this or I can, you know, take that and mold it, turn it into something for me. Uh, if you're not one of those guys, I mean, you're you're destined to stay local, you know, making twenty dollars a show. Sure. Uh, not, you know, not getting anywhere, probably getting frustrated that you're not getting anywhere. Uh, there's exceptions to every rule, but. If you're not investing in every every asset facet of your of your character, uh, from the look, from the moves to the promo, uh, and, and when I say promo, obviously I mean your ability to speak on the mic. So uh, and conditioning too, and those are two big things: promo work and conditioning. Because a lot of people don't take those into consideration. Uh, if you're not investing in those, you're, you're not going to get anywhere. And then uh, on the other side of promotion, if you're not telling people about your match you're not going to get anywhere. So that's another thing I look for. And that's, uh, you'll, you'll, you might notice uh, people I specifically try to promote are the, those that are going to promote themselves. Right. Uh, Cole being one of those guys, uh, Corey Storm being another, Myron Reed, uh, the rejects. Uh, the, I will put them over every single day because they're going to take it and run with it and try to get people to come see them. Uh, other people, I mean, you coast on your name, you know, you can coast on, uh, well, they gave me a belt or, or two. Or, <laughs> so mm -hmm. that, that's enough. That's all I have to do to get people to come see me. That's not enough. Right. Um, so that, sorry, that's a little pet peeve of mine. No, that's okay. <laughs> no, it's important. That's an important thing. I, I totally agree. If, if you're not going to invest in yourself, why should I, as a fan, coming from my perspective, why should I invest in you? Right. I shouldn't. That, may, that to me means you don't care enough for my attention, so mm -hmm. I will move on to someone who cares enough for my attention, you know, and I'll find that person that I really jive with. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I totally hear you on that. Um, in terms of, you know, the people that you, you work with, these wrestlers, you know, that you are, are putting over, who is 
of the ones that you work with, the ones that people need to really pay attention to. Like, mm-hmm. hey, if you're going to watch a Paradigm Pro Wrestling show, they're all great, which they are. I've seen it. Which are the ones that are like, yo, this guy is worth every second of your time or lady, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, obviously, I, I can't put them over enough. I, and I'll, I'll do it to I'm blue in the face. But Myron Reed, uh, hot fire. Uh, Myron Reed, he he is one of my favorites. Uh, Category 5, Corey Storm. Uh, both of those guys are young. Uh, I mean, I, obviously, Corey, I think he's just turned 18. I think Myron's not much older than that. So th- those are the young lines. Uh, Cole Radrick, who I, I was just talking about. Yeah. Uh, Bradley Prescott the fourth, you know, the Natty Daddy. Natty Daddy. I freaking <laughs> love that guy. That character is one of my favorites. Absolutely. Every single time I see him, because uh, he, because he's out there, you know, he has a comedy gimmick sometimes, and sometimes he's out there in the main event wrestling, you know, Matthew Justice. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So yeah. versatility. Uh, those, those are the guys that you're going to see really blossom into something special here soon. Um, so I can't, I can't really, I, I really love those guys. But then again, some of the guys that we use all the time, Reed Bentley, oh, uh, Conway Murdoch, the, you, you, you don't understand the, the level of brutality that these guys bring to every match and the enjoyment and the, the crowd activity. They're the ones that are going to bring the, 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 the fight to the crowd and get everybody involved and get you out of your seat and get mm-hmm. you amped up for the match uh, yeah. one way or another. <laughs> and there's a lot to be said for that. Because it's it's almost a lost art almost these days. Yeah, no, I hear that. Um, and I'm specifically more about you. I know Bobby Heenan is some mm. inspiration, but for something something fun as we're winding down here, who are your top four? To borrow from my pal Mags, top <laughs> four Mount Rushmore commentators. Ah. That's that's a good one. Uh, I was thinking about this recently, actually. Um, first and foremost, especially with my style, uh, obviously Bobby Heenan. Yeah. Uh, he he makes it up. He makes it there clear clear as day. Followed right after by Jim Ross. Uh, yeah. Because he's the voice of generations, much mm-hmm. less just one. Uh, and then Joey Styles, because to be able to carry over an entire company with one person doing play-by-play, color, putting over storylines, uh, doing interviews. I mean, Wild, just, huh? just insane what he was able to do. Yeah. Um, and then four, I, I'm not... I want to give people their due, but I, I, I really, <laughs> it's really hard to do, but, because uh, uh, I, I really, you know, being from Louisville, I want to say Jim Cornette. No, that's all right. But, but, it, it, you know, he was better manager, so I can't really say that. So I, okay. what I will say, uh, Paul Heyman, because that, yeah. that era of uh, him and Jim Ross, that sticks out to me for some reason. Like I, two amazing creative minds, both working the commentary booth. The storylines made up for half of the show that we were watching. You know, yeah. <laughs> that was an era where I was dipping out. You know, yeah. like I, I don't know about this. <laughs> I know it was a rough, it was a rough patch, but yeah, they had something special between them too. It, I mean, two, two of the best talkers in the business, mm-hmm. right there. 
those two. Sure. So right. I, in, in two different ways, but right. yeah, for sure. <laughs> and, you know, there's honorable mentions there too, because you know who everybody and their mother knows Jerry Lawler as a commentator these days. Uh, you know, and he has a certain comedy gimmick to him, a heel comedy, which doesn't go unnoticed, obviously, but there's people who did it better, Bobby Heenan. So. <laughs> well, that, that I was just going to say, well, <laughs> if you want the A-plus version of that, you know where to go. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah, no, I hear you there. But in terms of like, th- that's old school, right? And those are the, the best of all time. But what about mm-hmm. right now? Who's killing the game? right now on commentary other than yourself which is true but who's killing the 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 commentary game any promotion that you feel is like damn like i love listening to them call a match a show whatever hmm. well i think the by far and away it's more ronaldo you he he brings everything to the table yep. and those nxt shows with him on commentary uh, it just takes everything to another level because yep. maybe I don't, and this, especially it's true for this last NXT show. I wasn't the biggest fan of it as compared to some other ones, and a lot of people were putting it over as one of the best you know takeovers ever, mm-hmm. uh, which is fine. You know that, that's fine their opinion, but if not without without Moro, I, I wonder if they feel the same way. Well, I can I can answer that for you actually since I was there. And I did not hear Morrow in my ear. I watched mm-hmm. him lose his mind, which is the best thing ever. If I could, like, just watch him commentate all day, I'd be fine. I wouldn't even have to see the wrestling because he is so entertaining. He's my number one guy mm-hmm. right now. Um, but it was really enjoyable live. I will say that. Um, it wasn't the best takeover of all time, but it was mm-hmm. pretty damn close. Yeah. Um, but you know what is funny? After a couple of, like... Now we've been like a week without it. I'm changing my mind on my rankings. It's going lower. Isn't right. that funny? But it's it's different when you're there, I feel like. Right, and, exactly. Which is the whole independent wrestling, you know, come see live. That, that's it. That magic. It's it's a whole uh, energy that's being given off by literally everyone in the crowd. And <laughs> it, it, it forces its way in you and you, you leave buzzing from it, you know. Sure. Uh, and then, of course, when it wears off, you start seeing the, uh, the, for, the it for what it is, you know, the mm-hmm. show for what it was. Because uh, you you went to TakeOver. I went to SmackDown recently and yeah. live. I was like, wow, that, was, that wasn't that was bad. And sit back and maybe watch it, the replay on TV. I'm like, oof, that was, yeah. that was actually kind of rough. <laughs> it was rough. Isn't that weird how that happens? Yeah, it's it's interesting like that. But, you know, and then there's sometimes there's shows you go to live, you know, especially mm-hmm. independent wrestling. Um, near me is Northeast Wrestling. Um, mm-hmm. A couple years ago, I got to see Cody versus Ricochet, right. which was insane. And I'm in a high school gym, and I'm going, what is my life right now? Why, <laughs> how am I sitting in a high school gym watching this? This right. excellence. <laughs> and Jack Swagger was there, and a whole bunch of other guys. Um, and I was just like, <laughs> what's happening? It was unbelievable. And there's nothing like independent wrestling. Really, there isn't. And I've been to WWE, New Japan now, Ring of Honor. I've been to them all. And independent wrestling is still some of my favorite experiences. Just because you get to see these people in such a different environment. And it's super special and intimate and personal. Like There was like a couple hundred people in there, tops. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? 
Yeah, and that's that's the way it goes with independent wrestling. Sometimes you yeah. you you'll see guys. Uh, I mean, I'm thinking back from my history alone. Uh, you know, Sabu's in the building and ten people in the crowd. But he's wild. out there killing it. You know. Yeah. Uh, I, I harken back. There was a, a triple threat match with CM Punk and Cole Cabana, Chris Hero. Uh, way back in the day, got a lot of praise. Uh, but sitting there in the crowd, I mean, I'm sitting here with 40 people, maybe, <laughs> you know, and yeah. these guys are out there killing it. And then a few weeks later, uh, I'm not sure that my time flames right. You know, CM Punk goes and wrestles Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio in a high school gymnasium in Indianapolis or whatever it was. And they put on, you know, one of those sleeper hits that you've never seen. You come across on YouTube, like, when did this happen? Right. <laughs> wow. It was right down the road. I could have been there. You know? Yep. Independent wrestling brings you those opportunities, though. And that's what's so special about it. And if for you, you you get to experience these wrestlers, especially the ones that are so young, that are going to take off. Mm. And you can be like, yo, remember that one time in 2019, I called this match that you were on? You know, and you can have that moment potentially, right? And even if not, they still get to showcase their talent and amazingness through the independent circuit, which I think is hotter than ever, in my opinion. I you would agree. know you're in it, but <laughs> right. I would say I'm in a very saturated market right now for independent wrestling. So we have yeah. a lot of companies running where I go. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a boom period. And then now's the time for these guys to really get themselves over and make something of themselves. Uh, you, you bring up, you know, seeing some guy, here where I'm calling matches for them really make something of themselves. And I, I immediately think of Ace Austin yeah. um, just doing amazing work for Impact. Big thanks. Uh, making name for himself. He did that Ultimate X not too long ago. Like he, this guy is, I've been telling people since last year when I started, like this is the guy you're going to need to look out for. And he's not proved me wrong. <laughs> yeah, look at that. You can be like, check, I got that one right. <laughs> right. I, that's the way I feel about CM Punk from back in the day. I, 2001, like, ICP is going to be at this show and I'm going to be there. You know, that's the only reason I went. And I found CM Punk and a number of other guys. And, uh, and look, you know, a few years later, CM Punk, one of the greatest to ever do it. Wow. I'll stand by that. <laughs> oh, you should stand by that. I know he's, you know, there's a lot of drama with, with this man, but you can't take away certain things. You just can't. Right. Uh, undeniable talent. So, yeah. So speaking of undeniable talent and speaking of PPW in this saturated world of independent wrestling, why should people tune in? We offer the most entertaining matches that are not to be found anywhere else. Uh, we try innovative matches. We've had stairway to hell matches. We've had, you know, portal of pain. Uh, we, we bring something different to the table. You know, we're not putting people through, uh, tables, literally we're putting them through doors. <laughs> you know, That's true. Every, every little thing that we can to be different. Uh, I brought the pool noodle, uh, incident. I mean, we have seen somebody get choked out with a pool noodle, you know, <laughs> and people in the crowd, like, what are they going to do with a pool noodle? Like, have you ever been hit with a wet pool noodle? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True. Uh, I mean, we've had, you know, Lego matches. We've, you know, we were doing that before it was too, you know, super popular. Uh, to, and we're, we're, and we only have more things coming up and we were looking to try to bring in the cage, you know, because <laughs> working on that in the background. All right. Uh, <clears throat> but we're what 
differentiates us from everybody else is we're not only cultivating this group of young guys uh, and really getting them, giving them a platform to show off because uh, people are taking notice. I mean, OVW has scooped up uh, uh, Corey Storm and he's working there uh, mm-hmm. now. You know, obviously OVW is really turning the page on independent wrestling. Haven't seen anyway with the, these scholarships. I don't know if you know much about that. Um, but they're turning, trying to turn it into an accredited, accredited academy or university, if you will, right. uh, for wrestling. And, you know, he's getting taken notice as they're doing this. So wow. <clears throat> now is the time to go see these guys where you can. Uh, but then again, we're also providing an avenue where, you know, the hottest guys in wrestling are coming through our door, Matthew Justice. He's yeah. tearing down doors and, you know, making people notice independent wrestling really in, becoming that spirit of ECW that people have lost ever since the bastardized version of WWE, you know, bringing that back and not, not in a nostalgia kind of way, like, you know, dragging Tommy dreamer or Sabu or whoever out on impact or wherever it may be. Not that I have anything wrong with that, but it's just saying it's not a nostalgic. It's, it's a, it's an homage. (laughs) It's a reincarnation, if you will. Uh, And then, all the other talent that we're finding, you know, if we see somebody that's making moves like Blake Christian's a young guy from Tennessee, we saw him. Uh, he is, truly is a Will Ospreay in, in the making, just a, you know, a very young version of him. Um, you know, uh, Trevor Court, you know, we, yes. we brought him. I know you like, you know, a fan My of Trevor dude. Court. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and of course we'll bring in, you know, some guys from New Japan with Mike Elgin. We have another big surprise. Uh, to announce for our July show, uh, well, oh. real well-known wrestler. Uh, I'm not allowed to give it away. I don't think. Of course, of course. Uh, <laughs> right. No scoop for you today. I'm sorry. That's okay. This, <clears throat> these people have to tune in, honey. That's the whole right. point. <laughs> but I will say this: you've seen this guy in Ring of Honor before, and we'll be having him in July. Oh my God, uh, I'm excited. It's- very, very cool. Very excited to be able to call this guy's match. Um, and then, of course, we're you know we're finding guys that need to be on who are established that just have not been out there uh, on a global scale yet. You know, your Dustin Rays, uh, AJ Gray to a degree. Um, you know, just giving people this other opportunity to shine. And uh, you know, we're, we're we're what we try to stand out is. We we like to be the only ones booking these guys. You know, if they're if they're booked all over Southern Indiana, then we really don't want to book them because we really want to be the only place to see this guy. Uh, so <clears throat> we're different. Give us a chance. Well, we will not let you down. No, trust <laughs> me, y'all. To. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. Uh, you won't be disappointed. And. Um, that's a fact. Straight from me to you guys that are listening, uh, you won't be disappointed. So, my dear friend, it has been an absolute pleasure to speak with you today. I had an awesome time having this great conversation with you. And I would love for you right now to let the people know where they can catch Paradigm Pro Wrestling, where they can see the next show, what's coming up, where they can hear your commentary, and of course, all your contact information, where they can find you at. Right. Well, first and foremost, follow us uh, at Paradigm Pro Wrestling on Twitter. Uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram, uh, ParadigmProWrestling.com. 
uh, get all your news and updates, check out the next card. Uh, what we have coming up next is uh, June 28th in Jeffersonville, Indiana at the arena. Uh, it's a show called Dysfunction, Dysfunctional. Uh, we are headlining a triple threat ladder match between the Rejects, Reed Bentley, John Wayne Murdoch. They're defending against the Lifers, Bobby Beverly, and the internet sensation himself, Matthew Justice, and the Hooligans, Devin and Mason, who are longtime rivals of the Rejects. And this is, like I said before, and I'll say it again, this is the, sh- the, the match that might end our uh, time at the venue. <laughs> this might be our last match there. Uh, what so a swan song. <laughs> right. We're going out, we're going out with a bang. That's right. So you need to be there to check that out. Uh, in the meantime, you can check us out on uh, High Spots uh, Wrestling Network. You can check us out on uh, independent wrestling television. Uh, and, of course, Power Slam TV. Uh, always check us out there. Uh, I'll let you give out the free code later. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But always come check me out on Twitter. I'll I'll try to entertain you. I'll follow, follow back. I'm a good guy like that. <laughs> At Bro Rogan PPW. If you're uh, if you're trying to spread the good word of wrestling, I'll help you do it. Um, and maybe you can give me a little like back or come check out one of our shows in return. Um, and check out my friend Jay Mendoza, my commentary partner, Jay Mendoza PPW. Uh, at Paradigm Pro Wrestling. At me when you're done. <laughs> All right. I love that. And you can use code DYWTSB for a free month on that powerslam.tv on your computer. You must sign up there first before you can... Uh, you know, so you can use that code and then you can get to watch it on your computer screen, your television screen or your phone, whatever you want. Uh, and then you can check out my boy, Bro Rogan on commentary, uh, Paradigm Pro Wrestling. Please make sure you check out a show. If you can get there in person, even better. The jealousy I feel for anybody who's going to get to see that ladder match because I live too far away. I'm very upset about it that I can't be there in person because that's going to freaking tear the place apart and I want to be a part of it. So I'll just have to watch it later, <laughs> which is fine. And then, of course, stay tuned to Paradigm Pro Wrestling because clearly we're getting some big surprise in July. So uh, check this show coming out in June and then stay tuned for what's coming next. Uh, my pal, thanks again for coming on for our Queenie chat. Uh, and I'll see you around. <laughs> Down on it.